Hey, true crimies. I'm Kayla. And I'm Kayla's mom, Alicia. And you are listening to True Crime Exposed. Welcome back to our show. Again, I'm so thankful if you click on us, if you choose to listen to us, the best things you can do is leave us a review or share us onto your social media. These things are huge to us because remember, it's just me and my mom. We're just the only ones doing this. We do everything for our show right now and it is a ton of work and your support means everything to us. Now, if you love true crime, I'm so glad you made it to our show where we give victim stories exposure and we support the life of anyone who was taken from us unjustly. We are here to be a voice for those that no longer have one and to get their stories out there. Are you ready for today's case? So Tuesday, July 27th of this year, 2021, was the first terrifying night of many that the Vaughn family would have to endure. Sometime after 7 p.m., the family realizes that they hadn't seen one of their children in a bit. Five-year-old Michael Joseph Vaughn. Michael was the third of four children. He has an older sister and a younger sister, as well as an older brother. When his parents, Brandy Nill and Tyler Vaughn, start to realize that they actually cannot find Michael anywhere, the panic and dread sets in, putting a heavy and dark pit into their stomach that has yet to go away. How long had it been? I think they realized pretty quickly that they couldn't find Michael. He had just been at home. And I mean, he's five years old, so it's not like they have to have eyes on him all the time. You know, I have a five-year-old. She's upstairs right now, actually, while I record. So I think it it wasn't too long. It doesn't say specifically, but they reported him missing the same night. And so I think it had just been a couple hours and then all of a sudden they couldn't find him. Okay. So Michael Joseph Fawn is a bright and beautiful little boy. He seriously does seem like such a sweetheart from the many videos I watched of him on his mom's Facebook page. He has blonde hair and blue eyes and a smile that is big and wide and goes ear to ear. He loves playing Minecraft with his brother and he loves things like lighting fireworks and looking at the stars and the moon and this world really lights up his eyes. So when he wandered off on July 27th, I'm sure he was just exploring, not knowing that he wouldn't make it home that night. But hopefully one day we can make sure that he does make it home. So it was sometime between 6.30 p.m. and 7.15 p.m. Michael is last seen on foot in the area near Southwest 9th Street and South Arizona Avenue in Fruitland, Idaho. And this is in his neighborhood. And Fruitland is in Southwest Idaho. It looks like it's very, very close to the Oregon border. So um, 
there were witnesses that said they saw him walking around. That's part of the thing that is not super clear. It's either a witness that saw him during this time or it's surveillance video from different homes. Oh, okay. Because it seems that there's a little bit of both in this story. Oh, and that's actually the next thing that I was saying. I kind of had down next that I didn't know if it was an eyewitness or surveillance video because like I said, we have both. And as far as I can tell, they haven't really released all the info surrounding how exactly Michael ended up here all alone this day or how he was spotted. But I would like to think that Michael is caught on some sort of surveillance video and that this has helped the investigators with piecing together Michael's last known whereabouts because it does seem that many neighbors in the neighborhood had doorbell cameras or other surveillance around their home that has helped put a timeline together in this case. And there is a more specific time stated in one source saying that he was specifically seen at 6.45 p.m. walking eastbound on Southwest 9th Street. And then after this, we don't know what happened. Michael just vanished, and he has not been seen since by his family, by law enforcement, or by anyone who has been willing to come forward. Immediately after the police are called and a missing persons report is filed, ground searches start and the police ask residents in the neighborhood to be on the lookout for Michael. They ask the community to search around their fence lines, in irrigation ditches, in their crawl spaces, and like I said earlier, to review their security cameras. Now, if you've never lived in a small town with farmland, you may not know what an irrigation ditch is. So an irrigation ditch is a man-made channel and it delivers water to homes and farms from natural creeks and rivers. There are a lot of irrigation ditches around Fruitland, so the little boy falling into the water was a huge concern at this time. Idaho has around 4 million acres of irrigated agricultural land, which means there are thousands of miles of irrigation canals in Idaho, and unfortunately every year there are more than half a dozen children and adults that drown in these canals. This is not an extremely high number, but when a child is wandering around alone, this of course becomes a concern. Yes, I remember you guys used to um, tube. Oh yeah, we used to swim in like the canals and stuff here. Yeah, we had one right behind our house. Yeah, and it like, they were so fun to swim in, but I've read like kind of when I was reading through this and I've heard this before that like they're actually really unsafe because there can be like, I guess, glass in there, different debris, just like all sorts of stuff in the canals. Yeah, it'd be kind of gross, it seemed like, to swim in it. They were super fun to go in when I was a kid, but... I I feel like you didn't get in there a ton. I think I remember you guys tubing it like once. But I do remember we got a lot of um, drownings at the hospital. Um, You did? Yeah. Wow. Well, not a ton, but I mean, you notice it when it's like a drowning in a canal, you know, of a kid. Yeah. And like you have kids and there's a canal by your home. It's like, whew. Yeah. And there's this one that I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but 
this one lady, she told me once she had some friends in Blackfoot. So Blackfoot is just south of us in Idaho Falls. And they like the lady went out looking for her dog. And then because her dog was let out behind their house and the dog went missing. And then this lady went missing. And then, you know, people started searching for her and someone saw her in the canal. So then that guy went into the canal and then like he just dropped and died and then another guy jumped in and I think I don't know the whole story so I don't want to like do it injustice but basically there was a wire or something that was wired wrong with the electricity and it was grounded wrong into the ground and it made the canal like electric so the dog went in got electrocuted the lady went to get her dog. She got electrocuted. And I believe it was like her father-in-law and her like husband's brother, maybe, or fiance's brother. But I mean, they were all connected and they all just kept going in the water, trying to get each other out, not knowing that the water was actually electric. And there was like four people that died. Oh my goodness. Isn't that so sad? Because I was talking with her once about how I swam in the canals and she was like I would never let my kids swim in the canals and she told me that story and it was like so heartbreaking I'm like that is horrible that is horrible yeah so searches continue in the first couple days and there is no luck Michael is not turning up and I'm sure his family was breaking more and more with each passing day I mean I can't even imagine the dread of losing a child and like more than a few hours going by with the unknown and not knowing where they are. Oh, I know. That would just be so scary. When you get to the point that you even have to call the police because you can't find them, I would be inconsolable. None of us can even imagine what that's like. Yeah. So on July 28th, Michael's dad, Tyler Vaughn, posts on his Facebook page, quote, Update. Seven o'clock tonight will be 48 hours. They won't issue an Amber Alert. So please, wherever you are, no matter how far away, please share and help me find my monkey. I also want to thank my friends and the entire community for their help, love and support. It's been nothing short of amazing. End quote. So... Although I do believe the police have now been very diligent in searching for Michael and making him a priority, I do think it was a mistake not to issue an Amber Alert immediately. And if I was the family, I would probably be pretty upset too. Like if I went 48 hours and they weren't like using this system to help me. And I do think the family is a little upset about this. So Now, if you don't know what an Amber Alert is, it stands for America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response, and it is a message that is issued across the country, usually popping up on your cell phone with that sort of like scary noise to shock you and get you to look at the message. It is distributed by a child abduction alert system, and it's basically used to ask the public for help in finding abducted children. So why didn't law enforcement issue an Amber Alert for Michael? The qualifications include the following things. First, that the law enforcement agency believes that the child is in imminent danger of serious bodily injury or death. 
Second, that there is reason enough to believe that the child may have been abducted. Third, there needs to be enough descriptive information about the child so that they can use this to issue the alert. And fourth, the child needs to be 17 years old or younger. Huh. I wonder why. It seems like they would have had enough yeah that's kind of what I was thinking like I obviously don't have a background in law enforcement so it's not like my opinion super matters but I totally thought Michael fit the criteria his family was able to describe him to a T he's younger than 17 and then it's like he's freaking five years old wandering the streets alone and now he's just gone and there was really no end in sight of finding him so While he could have been lost or fallen into the water, we will see that that doesn't really seem to be the case. And I feel like an Amber Alert could have been so helpful in this case in getting information out there that this child may have been taken by someone and, you know, asking the public to be on the lookout for him. Do they issue them if they think like the family has involvement? I don't think they normally issue them if they think like the parents did something. Like I think they only issue them if they think like the kid is actually taken Uh or like falls into the criteria. I don't know if they just wanted more proof that he was abducted and like not just, you know, in some tragic accident from wandering off. But I think he definitely could have benefited from having an Amber Alert sent out like statewide, nationwide. Yeah, it seems like the ones that I've seen lately are like mothers who um, go get their kids and leave the state. Yeah, a lot of times the Amber Alerts are like divorced parents and one of the parents like comes and takes the kid. You know, some parent that doesn't have custody. Yeah. So Michael's mom, Brandy, did share a post and it was titled Working to Improve Missing Child Alerts. And with this post, she says, quote, this needs to happen. This is what Tyler and myself's goal is after Monkey comes home. We need to make this happen, end quote. So clearly Michael's parents feel that the same way that Michael's disappearance wasn't alerted in the right way and that it could have been done better and could have been critical in finding him early on. And at the time that this episode will be released, it will be November 3rd, and that's three months and one week since Michael was last seen. A tip line has been set up through the police department as of October 22nd, And more than 530 tips have come in. In the early days, many tips came in worried about Michael possibly being lost in one of the many fields nearby. These fields included cornfields and other agriculture. Well, September is harvesting season. This is when the fields would be cleared and all the product taken out of the fields leaving an open view so that Michael could be spotted if that was the case. And searches had lowered the irrigation ditches and searched for Michael before this, but after harvesting, the ditches would be dry. So September comes and it goes, and there was no sign of Michael. He wasn't found in the fields or the ditches, so where could he be? 
Now, remember how the police asked that neighbors check their security cameras outside of their home? It isn't said if Michael is spotted on one of these cameras or not, but I feel like it's a possibility since they have a pretty good idea of where he was last seen. And what we do know is caught on security tape is a couple of vehicles and a couple of men on foot. Law enforcement put out information to the public asking for their help in identifying these individuals. It was made clear that these people are not suspects or persons of interest even. They just want to talk to everyone that was spotted in the area during this time to help them piece together a timeline for where Michael was. They released two photos of different cars. First, a white Honda Pilot with a model year sometime between 2016 to 2020, as well as a blue Dodge Avenger with a model year 2010 to 2011. Police pleaded with the public to help identify the drivers of these vehicles because they could have seen Michael. The driver of the blue Dodge was seen on Southwest 8th Street at 6.56 p.m. That same night that Michael went missing from this same area, and the white Honda Pilot was seen on that same street, Southwest 8th Street, at 6.47 that same night, July 27th. Both of these time frames fit into when it is believed Michael is last seen. We know he went missing sometime between 6.30 and 7.15, and it is believed that he was last spotted at 6.45 p.m., just a couple of minutes before the white Honda Pilot is spotted. Now, along with these two vehicles, there were also two men on foot within this same time frame. Both were also on Southwest 8th Street. One man has dark hair and facial hair. This man was wearing dark shorts and had no shirt on, and he was jogging down the sidewalk. And the second male also had dark hair. He was wearing a white t-shirt and black shorts. And this man had walked into a park nearby, past a splash pad that was in this park, and towards a lower drainage that was behind the neighborhood. Once these descriptions were released, the public went to bat for Michael, sending in tips, doing whatever they could to identify those in the area. Because of the amazing citizens in Fruitland, they were able to find the driver of that blue Dodge Avenger. Law enforcement spoke with this person, and that's as much as we know. I'm not sure if this person did see Michael or helped propel the investigation forward at all. And then the police were able to do more digging and ultimately also identified the man who was seen jogging down the sidewalk with his shirt off. Again, he was spoken to and that's as much as we know. Chief J.D. Huff wants us to know that law enforcement is still combing through surveillance videos, following leads, and that this investigation remains very active and is their number one priority. Quote, We've said from the beginning that we will leave no stone unturned in our effort to find Michael. We remain hopeful and we continue to follow each tip that comes in. This community has been steadfast in its support for Michael's family and for law enforcement's search efforts. This reward shows that our community support remains strong and the fund may generate the tip we need to bring Michael home safely, end quote. 
He is referring to the reward that has been built up and grown over the last few months due to the community donations. At this point, more than three months after Michael went missing, the reward has gotten up to $40,000 and it will be rewarded to anyone that has information leading to the safe return of Michael to his family. And this reward is available until November 15th, 2021. I've seen a ton of comments of people being upset that the that the reward is specific to him coming home safe and that there is a timeline put on it. But remember, they're trying to entice people to help them find Michael and get him home safely before it's too late. So putting a timeline on it, I believe, is designed to put pressure on people to come forward before that date. Huh. So what are most of the theories? So they they think he might have just been kidnapped. He's alive. Do they think sex trafficking? I think a lot of people think he's abducted. I have seen things about sex trafficking. I've seen things about like, did we notify Canada that he was gone? Which Southwest Idaho isn't as close to Canada as people might think. But still, that's a possibility, you know, that someone could have crossed the border with him it is like at least 10 hours north but I've seen that obviously some people speculate about his parents a lot of that I think is because the police don't actually release like how did Michael go missing and how did they realize and all of that stuff but I'm kind of assuming the police are not thinking it's his parents. I mean, they say that, like, everything's on the table right now. Yeah, it's so new. I know, and it kind of seems like they know that he was walking, like, down the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if he was walking down the road, you know, it obviously probably was not his parents. Right. Huh. And then, yeah, his parents, I think, really, like, they are kind of fully on the train right now that like they will be bringing him home safely and that's their goal i hope they can i know it's like i never thought elizabeth smart would come back and yep by some miracle she did nine months later she was found so you really never know you really don't because i mean things got pointed at her parents as well and i remember that they thought her family was involved mm-hmm because the dude actually like went to her what her uncle's house and tried to like he also tried to break in and get her like cousin right so they thought it was the family and all that stuff and yeah she came back nine months later and yeah hopefully he's still out there somewhere and hopefully they can bring him home safe oh i hope so so the police force says Quote, our hope behind that is that it may motivate somebody that has information to share with us. Obviously, we are looking for the safe return of the child. That's our goal and continues to be our hope. End quote. So like we were just saying, that's kind of everyone's goal right now is to find Michael and bring him home safe. And there are a lot of different agencies helping in the search for Michael. They have all band together with the same goal. This includes the Fruitland Police Department, the Payette Police Department, the State Police, the FBI, and the Idaho Mountain Search and Rescue. When searches started, investigators started on foot, 
on the ground, walking the neighborhood and searching for Michael. With this, they started going door to door, knocking and asking each home if they had seen a blonde little boy exploring around their home. The police state, quote, We still believe there may be someone who may know something that has not yet spoken with one of our investigators. If this is you and you've been unsure, perhaps even afraid to contact us, please know we want to listen. End quote. Now, we know they have searched the fields, the ditches, the neighborhoods, but they have done so much more as well. They have had the Idaho Mountains Search and Rescue scour both sides of the Snake River, which runs nearby. This, of course, had the same concern that the drainage ditches did. Could this little boy have fallen into the water? But searches did not turn up any evidence that leads them to believe that Michael was here. Authorities are also using drones for their searches, and the entire city of Fruitland has been searched thoroughly with zero sign of Michael. What could have happened to him? Honestly, this case seems like it has a huge possibility of being an abduction. If some horrible accident happened that led to his death, chances are his body would have been found by now. He was literally just walking down the road, and then all of a sudden, he is gone with no trace. It is 100% suspicious and such a scary thought. I feel heartbroken for Michael's family, and like I said, of course you have people questioning the parents, because it usually is someone close to that person that is looked at first. And kind of like I said earlier, they do not allude to any indication that Michael's parents may have something to do with his disappearance. And from what I could tell on their Facebook is that they had a loving home and they cared for their children. Now, of course, social media is not always real, but Michael did look really happy in these videos. Just recently, a video of him was posted by his mom He was finding his Easter basket in their backyard. He was so excited and his little sister is running around with him. And Brandy wrote, quote, It has been three months. Michael Joseph Vaughn, Monkey MJ, Michael Joe, please help us if you know anything at all. Please help us bring our baby home. Do you see and hear how happy he is? Do you see the beautiful smile on his face? We are supposed to be picking him up from school. We are supposed to be carving pumpkins. Michael Joseph Vaughn is supposed to be home with his family. We miss you so much. I pinky promise you, monkey, we will never give up. Every day and every night, my love, daddy and I am praying. Hear mama's heart, monkey. Hear everyone's heart. We will bring you home, my love. End quote. And as you can tell from lots of their posts... They call him Monkey a lot. That's like his nickname. So they did also like want to let people know if they saw someone who looks like him. He does answer to that as well as Michael. Uh-huh. But yeah, it it does seem like his parents are truly like heartbroken over this. Yeah, that was a really sad post. I know. It's so sad. And like they're about to enter the holiday season. I mean, we just went through our first one, but... That's like one of the hardest times, I think, like losing someone to go through than like 
October, November, December, January. It's like all the holidays and all the celebrations and you like don't have your person with you and like he's just a little boy and that would be so sad. Yeah. How did you pick up this story? I was just looking for missing persons cases and it just kind of popped up, which it was in Idaho and I hadn't even heard of it. And I haven't heard of it either. I know. And there's, they're looking for him right now. So I wanted to share the story so that, you know, people could be on the lookout for him. And like I said, that reward is available until November 15th. So, you know, if anyone hears about his story and has any information that leads to find them, you know, they have a couple of weeks from the time this episode is released to, you know, claim their reward go like tell authorities that they know something anything it'd be nice to have him back oh yeah and i hope he makes it home now brandy and tyler have both had to return to work as the months pass by they say their bosses have been very accommodating and understanding of their circumstances with their baby missing But I cannot even imagine having to go to work and try to be like out of my head while my child is gone. It would be the only thing I could think about. I would be going crazy. But Brandy says that she has no choice but to be strong. The couple has three other children that they have to show up for and try to create a sliver of normalcy without their brother home. Michael's family released a statement to the public, quote, From our family to yours, we would like to thank everyone with the continued outpour of love, prayers, and support from the community. The countless hours that law enforcement agencies and volunteers have put in and continue to push forward in bringing Michael home is nothing short of amazing. Our family is broken right now. Monkey's sisters are missing their partner in crime and his brother won't play Minecraft until Michael comes home. Monkey, your mommy and daddy miss you more than anything in this world. We need you home to be whole. We are so grateful for every single person's prayers, kind words, sharing his picture, and any little step to help bring Michael home. End quote. Michael Joseph Vaughn is three feet, seven inches tall. He weighs about 50 pounds and he has blonde hair with blue eyes. He was wearing a light blue Minecraft shirt and dark blue boxer briefs and flip-flops that were size 11. His boxer briefs have lime green trim around the edges. And him being in his boxers kind of makes me think he just like wandered out of his home. Mm, Yeah. Now, the Fruitland police are encouraging anyone who has any information to come forward. Quote, Even if you do not believe you have relevant information, please contact us so we can recreate a complete picture of the time and area Michael was last seen. Every minute counts when searching for a missing child, and we appreciate the public's continued support and cooperation as we search for Michael. End quote. You can send tips to Crime Stoppers of Southwest Idaho at 343cops.com. On this site, you can remain completely anonymous. And then there has been a tip line set up by the law enforcement for Michael's case. And you can find that at findmichael at fruitland.org. This case is sort of happening in parallel with the case of another five-year-old missing child. 
She went missing about one month before Michael did and is also still missing to this day. So much about these cases are so similar. Like I said, she's also five years old. She also has blonde hair and blue eyes. She also went missing on a Tuesday. And she was also last seen around 6.30 p.m. This little girl is Summer Moon Utah Wells, and I'm going to release her story later this week as a little bonus episode to go hand in hand with our episode today. I'm going to be giving you the best plot counter ever. Did you know that there's a little pout on an otter's body where it keeps its favorite rock? I love collecting rocks, and I have a rock collection. My dad finds my rocks from his work and then brings them home, and then I can put them in my rock collection. I didn't know otters also have favorite rocks. That is so cute. I love rocks that have color in them. And one of my dad brought a rock home that is red. Pretty cool, huh? Bye. Have a good day. If you enjoyed our show today, please share this story with your friends and onto your social media. If you have any case suggestions or stories of your own, your stories, things, creepy things that have happened to you, crazy stories, crimes that you know about, email them to us at truecrimeexposed at gmail.com. If you email us your stories, you can either remain anonymous or leave your name for a shout out. Follow us on social media for pictures and information on each case we cover. You can find us on Instagram at True Crime X Pod and on TikTok at True Crime Exposed Podcast. This podcast is written, hosted, researched, and edited by me, Kayla Waters. It's co-hosted by my mom, Alicia Jenkins. Our palate cleanser is given to us by my daughter, Charlie Waters. Our original graphic art was done by Arthur Max, and our music was created by Jaden Schultz, who you can find on Instagram at In Pajamas Music. Stick around to get organization information. If you go to wehelpthemissing.org, you can find an organization that is all about helping the loved ones of a missing person. They say, we help the missing, giving help and hope to the loved ones of the missing, Every missing person is someone's child. They are a nonprofit corporation and they are comprised of a team of private investigators and citizens who selflessly dedicate themselves to locating missing persons. They offer support to the families who are going through this difficult time. They have a place where you can send information regarding a missing person. They, you can call your anonymous tip in at one 660 4025 or 
435-671-8100. On their website, you can see all about them, what they do, filing missing information on filing missing persons report, different missing people, memorials. You can become a volunteer and you can become a sponsor and you can shop their store, which will go into helping them with their mission. So I highly encourage you to check them out at wehelpthemissing.org. 